and welcome to the Hull Libraries podcast. In this episode, we had a chat with local illustrator and artist Eleanor Tomlinson. You may be aware of Eleanor through her drawing of the Queen and Paddington Bear, which went viral during the Jubilee celebrations this summer. We talked to Eleanor about getting started in art, her passion for nature and animals, and of course, the effects, both good and bad, of having such unexpected overnight attention put on her and her work. No, I mean I'm a you know I'm a Hull lass. I you know my whole family's um, born and bred in Hull, uh, so we, we we maybe have maybe our our paths have crossed and we we've been unaware of it. Who knows? Yeah. So let's talk about that then. So you actually was born and bred in Hull, and did you go to local schools and colleges? Yes. Yeah, I did. Um, so my parents have. Well, my mum's from Cottingham. My dad's from more central Hull. Um, they moved out to Willoughby um, yeah. when I was a little baby, just before before they had me. So I grew up in Willoughby and lived there until last year. And then I moved out just a bit more sort of rural, um, out near South Cave um, to sort of be more amongst the countryside because that is one of my big passions and obviously influences my work massively. Um but no, all my family is from around here and it's lovely because, you know, so many of my grandparents and aunties and uncles are pretty much on the doorstep, really. And yeah, it's, um, yeah, very local lass. <laughs> That's nice. That's what we like. And where did you go into your training for your passion of illustration and art and design? Where did you actually train at a higher level? Uh, I always loved art so it was always my big passion I really I sort of knew quite from quite early on that's why I wanted to go and study at university so um, research sort of fine art illustration degrees but went to um, go and study illustration originally I'd gone down south to Anglia Ruskin University um, in Cambridge but I, I just I didn't settle there at all and I, I joke now you know you can take the last out of Yorkshire <laughs> but you can't take Yorkshire out of the last so I nearly chose York you see um, but not coming from a family that had gone to university the when I sort of searched for advice whether that was friends um teachers like oh go further away you know and you know sort of have that experience of being further away from home but it I found very quickly it just wasn't for me so I transferred back up to Yorkshire um for years two and three and studied at York St John's and complete completed my illustration degree there and graduated in 2019 but I was already running a business of sorts before I went so I think even though it was a subconscious decision um maybe to start running a bit you know the writing was on the wall um years before really but it wasn't until I went to uni I realized actually this is what I want to do full time so I sort of just made the most of it yeah that's what I was going to ask I guess yeah I guess if you're doing that type of broad at qualification you'll explore so many different angles that you can then find your natural route if you like is that what you felt happened to you or did you actually know exactly where which way you were going I think I had I actually had a very good idea of where I was already going um I mean, a big reason I chose illustration was it was a more I mean obviously there is so much course to course and um, university to university and the different courses available but 
on the whole, it was more traditional than maybe a fine art course and things, which was very contemporary. A lot of installation art, which just wasn't me. I mean, I grew up being influenced by Beatrix Potter, um, Wind in the Willows, sort of those very classic um, illustrated children's books so wasn't particularly bothered about being a children's illustrator particularly but that was sort of it was that ink and watercolor kind of artwork that I'd grown up amongst so um I would I'd started to develop that way of working when I was still at school and I did actually find my niche of working very early and when I look back at pieces that I'd created from first year of uni it's amazing considering I was using the same the same materials in a similar sort of way in a similar subject actually how different my work was um but I think I already subconsciously knew where I was going at that point because the courses that I chose were already um I suppose you could argue quite niche they weren't as maybe varied as some courses that you could have gone on where you experienced a bit of everything from maybe like 3d different materials working in different ways it was sort of much more you know you develop what you want to develop and that I sort of went in bringing those skills and that way of working really when I started in first year and obviously just pushed and um pushed and advised you know how was best to develop that work going forwards and you said your passions the countryside and animals and I was checking out your website it's fantastic website with some amazing (laughs) images yeah it's really really good you should be proud of it it's really good but um I noticed how beautiful your illustrations are and how you capture kind of the the character of the animal. Is that something that you really love doing and you really observe their nature and behaviour to, to get that down on, on a canvas or a sketch? Yeah, I think I do. I mean, something that I've realised and noticed in my work, and it's been retrospectively, and again, it's obviously been very subconscious choices, uh, I mean, I descri- describe my work as traditional, but with a modern twist, because, you know, it, I'll focus in on a subject and usually it'll be usually one subject. Occasionally it's two or three, but usually it's quite, you know, that's the focus and that's what I'm working on. And, you know, there won't be much distraction from that. I, I'm not really a big person to have lots in the background or anything like that. Like the feature and the focus is that animal, uh, I you know, subject that I've. I've decided to feature in an artwork and I do think it it sort of says a lot about that's that's what I'm drawn to and within the wider countryside you know that I'm influenced by it must be those features of it that I'm much more observant and I will focus down on that and sort of nearly not that I'm ignoring the rest of everything else going around but obviously almost looking at the world in quite a tunnel vision for that to be the focus and you know when you look at the very minimal contrasting white backgrounds to my work you know the the animal will be sort of full of life and full of movement and colour but then it's contrasted against this very stark minimal white background but it then makes everything pop out the page I feel personally I, th- I love that I think it's brilliant and you've had some very um gorgeous images that kind of went quite viral very quickly yes. overnight <laughs> so tell me about this for the listeners that might not be aware but I'm sure they are <laughs> oh gosh yeah it seems like a lifetime how did it happen where did it start what happened so I mean so many 
other creatives you know we all knew the jubilee was on the horizon and i'd created a couple of little illustrations i call them like the planned jubilee <laughs> illustration of just just really simple it's just a little cog wearing a crown um with some bunting with the ears and that was you know, you know obviously being in a sort of you know it, I put that out there, you know, sort of saying it was available as a card and a print. And I was never planning on, you know, doing anything else. But obviously the Jubilee weekend came. I was actually away at the time in the Yorkshire Dales, um, just spending some time with my mum, walking, horse riding, just enjoying oh, wonderful. Yeah. the countryside, doing what I love. And, um, you know, we were coming back each day and watching the highlights on the telly and like so many millions of others, we sat down on Saturday night to watch a party at the Palace and that yeah. fabulous opening. Yeah, it was wonderful. Which, and it just immediately inspired this image in my head, um, which the next day I went on to create. Um, so come Sunday I sort of felt like I'd been reposting quite a few similar illustrations and pieces that I'd already done and I just wanted to just do something just different and just to round off it was only ever meant to be this little fun social media post for my existing you know still quite a decent following but nothing like the size it's now grown to just to sort of put something out there and say I hope you've all had a lovely bank holiday weekend celebrating with your loved ones and I hope you've you know enjoyed everything that the jubilee and describe that image as well describe what it was so it was obviously that image that went viral it was the queen holding yeah. hands with a certain little famous, famous global bear, bear. who loves and, marmalade um, sandwiches yeah marmalade <laughs> sandwiches trailing behind bunting a little corgi i mean the corgi was actually a later addition so i had more thought of them two holding hands walking away on the saturday nights but i really like things in freeze so I'd drawn them to and just felt, oh, it just needed, it needed that third something to balance it out. And because they're all different sizes, of course, yeah. with the queen um, central and the focus. So little Corgi came in, extra, you know, came in last with that extra bit of bunting just to, you know, really bring that jubilee feel to the piece even more. But that's what caught the nation's hearts, wasn't it? Because that sketch that she did with Paddington, was mm. so funny and so unexpected and everybody absolutely loved it. I think you really did capture a fantastic image oh, that if anything you. wants to pull any, if anybody wanted to pull anything out of that party at the palace, it, I think that is quite a top of the list. Absolutely. I mean, I think it was everybody's favourite moment. Yeah. I mean, it, that evening, that Saturday night opened in such a way. I mean, it was fabulous, but you look back and think, they were never going to top that. Like they opened with that. And of course it was an amazing so night of acts, but I mean, they weren't going to top that opening. <laughs> I think it was so unexpected and so fun and playful. And, um, oh, it was just, it was marvellous. Uh, you know, I think it was everybody's favourite part nearly of the whole weekend. So, yeah, I mean, it was instant. I didn't really think about it too much. It was just instantly that that idea, that vision that came to my mind and, Come Sunday, been out walking around the Dales, came back in and we'd caught the last two hours maybe of the pageant on the telly and it was sort of, you know, sit down, tea, biscuit and just relaxing. And I always bring my my pens, my paints, my brushes everywhere with me if I go away that like feel like a, a, a part of me, like this extra limb. So I never, I you know, I get withdrawal symptoms sometimes. So I always like to take them with me. And it, this is a perfect example because you never know when inspiration will strike. And it was just to really relax. I thought, you know what? I feel like drawing and I'm going to recreate 
that image that had been playing on my mind from the night before. And I remember, like, I didn't have too many of the details finalised in my mind because I I remember spending nearly longer deciding what the what colour the Queen was going to be wearing because obviously she wears that, well, she wore, obviously I keep forgetting she's no longer with us, bless her soul. I know, but, um, yeah. Um, it's you know talking as though she's still here um, but you know she was always known for wearing a very similar kind of outfit of a long either dress or dress coat coming sort of past the knee and obviously her, her hat it was just more what colour she was going to be wearing and I nearly nearly painted her in pink because I was trying to look for outfits that she'd worn over that weekend and moments before I was about to start painting because it was all drawn out ready to go moments before I was about to start painting she came out on the balcony at the end of the pageant in that bright green so I was just instantly thought that's the colour she's going to be painted in so it wasn't long after that that I was in a position that I was like you know putting it on social media and the pageant had just come to a lovely end obviously it didn't doesn't I work quite quickly and obviously this was just such a off the cuff quick piece it it you know I, I mean I've joked and I've said in other interviews if I knew it would have had the impact it had I would have spent a bit longer on it because it was just such like this little I you know I was I was I created it on my knee while sitting on the sofa yeah you call it's quite natural and a human kind of natural element to it it's it's just those those little touches and it was like the addition of the marmalade sandwiches came right at the end because I just thought I just I, I love adding to my pieces especially when they've got that fun twist I mean if you look at my Christmas collection it's where I go quite fun and quirky and maybe a bit less serious but I love adding all these tiny little details so you know you, you see a design on on the face of it and think oh it, you've but then the closer you look into a piece you're like, oh I've just seen that and I've just all these like little fun details and they're always fun so it's you know every time somebody's looking again at a piece they might see something else that they didn't see the first time and I have a lot of fun doing that and again the marmalade sandwiches was just an, you know another little addition where it's not the focus but if you look at it again you're like oh yes there's little half eaten with little um you know bite marks out of the marmalade sandwiches you know after a great party just scattered on the floor as they walk away from it all so it's had a really positive and negative impact I guess has there been any negativity for your business or are you managing to push through and carry on I mean, it's been amazing, absolutely amazing. I mean, I feel so fortunate. Like I said, I'd started doing, you know, putting illustrations, sharing illustrations, you know, on social media and out in the world, you know, really for the last 10 years and growing things steadily and organically. Um, you know, before all of this, it was a full-time business and, you know, that that was already such a dream to be able to do something that I love full-time. So with what happened and it just overnight, getting the kind of audience and responses it, it was amazing it was a dream come true and I must stress that so much but it was also at times just it was I found it so overwhelming and it was a lot just to sort of have that instant kind of, like it's, it's how do you how do you cope with something like that how do you process it and I do think it's only now gosh what are we going to be coming up to six months down the line or something that I'm actually beginning to process everything that's happened because it just you never, you could never expect or dream something like that's going to happen. I, I can only compare it with like winning the lottery. The chances of something getting that kind of traction online is just so tiny and so small. You think out of all the things I've ever put out there, I think timing was everything. I think you know, so nearly didn't 
create that that night and you think oh if I'd waited until the week after you know would it have had that same kind of response probably not um so it's that it's a real mix of emotions but no it's it's been amazing but it has been a real struggle you know emotionally and physically um because of course I'd already you know had works available had um, a website things for set you know so, so I think on the face of it when it first happened I mean I think I was the last to realize it had gone viral <laughs> you know and people messaged you because I was away at the time and I wasn't really like online and I had like my friends saying oh you've gone viral and I knew the post was doing well but I thought it was on more of a local level because there were so many of my followers you know I'd met through events and word of mouth so on the whole they were quite local to Yorkshire and sort of this yeah. area of the world and, you know, when your friend's messaging you saying something like that, you think, oh, yeah, right. You know, you just laugh it off. You don't think they're actually being serious. <laughs> and it wasn't until, so obviously this got shared the Sunday night. I knew it was going really, you know, being, it was really popular, but again, didn't think it had gone viral, you know, in the truest sense of the word. <laughs> until I think the following morning, sort of late morning, when I actually finally dawned on me when I was seeing it, you know, because I'd never put it, say, on Twitter and somebody had shared it on Twitter that would seen it elsewhere. And, oh, right. you know, it was getting like 40-odd thousand retweets from multiple people. And then it was getting picked up by the likes of, I know Tim Peake reshared it, Hugh Bonneville reshared it, one of the Spice Girls reshared it, Claire Balding had reshared Just so many people and people were like sort of screenshotting oh, it and brilliant. sending it to me and that's just a few people who I never mean could have been way way more and then all these you know larger groups and um just so many people were just oh it's mind-blowing I probably don't even know the fraction of it because obviously I was you know off social media and then obviously when I knew it happened I just kept myself off social media because I didn't know what to do it was just sort of like panic <laughs> I'm quite a panicky person I was like oh my god I was just like crying thinking oh my god what was I supposed to do now but I think we all thought, oh, it would just be around that and that one illustration. Because obviously, usually I'm doing animals, I'm doing wildlife, I'm doing things celebrating the local countryside. Obviously, that illustration was very different to what is my typical work, which again, you think I would never have thought that would have gone viral because I'm more known for my wildlife, my animals and things like that. Um, so for something that was so unusual to then go viral, there's a bit of an irony to it because I don't usually do people and then, you know, that out of everything. But anyway... Um, but the expectation was it was just the attention was just going to be around that. And again, we were away, so we didn't know what was happening on the website until I got back a few days later and just everything on the website just went like every wildlife piece, every animal study, every card. Does that just it was just everything, anything that I'd done was just flying out so, so wow. quickly. Um and it was just, I mean, to put the kind of numbers into perspective, you know, I had probably close to 100 card designs, not including Christmas cards on there. And then you think of all the prints and stuff I've had that, you know, I've been slowly adding onto the website since I was about, well, the probably, I launched my website back at uni when I, in 2017, so you think, but we had more orders on my website uh, you know just everything was just selling out every design like I say we had more orders in that 24 48 hour period when it all kicked off than in the whole time I've run my business wow. so you're looking at more orders in like a 24 48 hour period across the world from America Canada Australia New Zealand Japan changed everywhere across Europe than in 10 years and so 
that it wasn't it wasn't obviously negative it's amazing 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 but obviously I work from home I live in a little cottage in the Yorkshire countryside it was how do you scale something up that much and that quickly and obviously you don't want to disappoint you know, you've had this amazing thing all this exposure all this positivity and it's like you don't then want to disappoint all these people because you you could have never have known and sort of thought like right you know if it's Christmas for example and I'm launching Christmas right I know it's going to be busy I get the stock in place everything's ready to go you know I've not got anything booked you know everything's like left you know to completely focus on getting orders out ASAP and that's nothing compared to this what happened in June so we're already on the back foot when it started and then you start looking at the numbers of orders to get out and like I say just the practicality of it the logistics like you know I'm a one-woman band or I was like at least then my mum worked one day a week for me and we worked you know off the kitchen table packing orders and in the spare room and it just exploded and it was just so, I remember getting home, like that week was a bit of a blur. I just remember crying all the time because I was so stressed. I was thinking, how am I going to, you know, do this and oh, fulfil sure. all these orders and not have disappointed people around the world and things. I mean, obviously a lot's changed just in these few months and, you know, our stock control management's better. We've got systems in place. But of course, if it's a problem that you've never experienced or you don't think you'll ever experience, everything was a bit sort of the scale of increase in such a short time period was just insane um so it meant changing it meant changing a lot of things we did really quickly but without losing that kind of essence of being a small business and everything being small local and Yorkshire based so it was just getting that balance and I mean everybody all my customers were just amazing so you know everybody people have been so patient because it we that week I got home I remember (laughs) Where I where I live is lovely. It's the loveliest little village ever, and I live opposite a village hall. And the lady who runs and helps with the village hall and has the keys, she's also lives in the village. She's a farmer's wife. She runs the post office there. Two days a week. Just it's that kind of lovely kind of village. And um, she came, know her really well. She came and knocked on the door, and there's me like cry after I've been like crying again because I'm so stressed. Open the door. I think I was still in my pajamas, and she was like, "Right, how are you?" And I was just, you know, she's like, right, here are the keys for the village hall. We have nothing booked in that village hall until October for a children's birthday party. If you need that village hall for space and more stock and room, it's all yours. And it was a it was a godsend. It was an absolute godsend. So instantly everything, you still think, you know, we weren't in like a warehouse or anything like that. We're in a village hall. Like all the tables, and it was roping in the entire family. I had so much help off like friends, family, friends, things like that, who really kindly came and just volunteered to be like a part of it. And we got there, we got there. We but we did close the website end of June, so we had it, we left it open for free for three weeks because we kept thinking, Oh, it'll calm down. We, I literally thought it'd be such a fleeting thing. I thought oh, that week and a couple of days, and it'll all be forgotten. And obviously I'd, I'd been asked to do radio interviews and then I mean to try to talk people out of, oh, it was like, oh, you, you don't want me on a, on the radio and stuff like that. I'm, like, I'm quite fragile at the moment. Like I was talking, like <laughs> I think a PR person would have been like screaming at me like, what do you think you're doing trying to talk people out of wanting to have an interview with you? And there's me just like, I'm a bit fragile at the moment. I don't think you'd want to want to interview me on, you know, BBC Radio <laughs> 5 Live, whatever they were. And um yeah, we kept thinking, oh, it'll calm down, it'll calm down, just make the most of it. It's such an amazing opportunity, which of course it was. And then I got invited um, 
and to BBC Breakfast yeah. on the red sofa. This yeah. was end of June. And that came as a surprise because a few people had said, oh, I think you know, BBC will want to interview you in person. But it's one of those things where you think, oh, if they're going to get in touch, it'll be in that first week or so. And they never did. And I must admit, it was the biggest sigh of relief. I was thinking, oh, I've got away with it. I've not been asked because I'm such an introvert. I'm such an introvert. And I was thinking, oh, gosh, yeah, because it's one of those things where you feel like, oh, God, if you've got the opportunity to do that, you can't not say, you can't say no. But the the stress of like doing something that big and then out of the blue on Sunday night I'd been to go and cl- I went up um, Driffield Way to go and collect some originals that were on display that sold and went to go and meet up with um the you know the people who had this these lovely um this lovely wedding venue where they're on display and um was just going back in the car and had a couple of missed calls and didn't recognize the number anywhere this was like I say Sunday night this was like half six seven o'clock at night rang rang the lady back and she was um a producer um from the BBC saying oh will you come will you come on BBC breakfast tomorrow morning and I'm thinking tomorrow morning it's Sunday you're talking less than 12 hours and they wanted me to be over in Manchester and I was I was like oh well and this was when the trains were all the bit I mean I know they're a bit unreliable now but this was particularly I think it was just after a really bad week of strikes and I sort of explained well I'm out in the middle of nowhere and you know again trying to talk about I will send a car for you and I was like oh well I've run out of excuses now I can't I've got to say <laughs> yeah so I was just like I was like oh, okay then I'll, I'll come on I'm glad I don't know if I was like, I don't know if I'll be any good there I'm just warning you and oh no so anyway next morning did that and you know what whether it was the adrenaline or what I'm not sure but I even amazed myself how well it went I thought oh I'll be you know stuttering tripping over my words and things like that so such a nerve-wracking experience but it it went you know amazingly quite quite well but of course then that made everything crazy again so come end of June um maybe a couple of days after I, I was it was an amazing experience by the way they were lovely I don't know what I was so worried about I bet I was going to say was it a really good experience to do that whole thing and seeing them in studio and the filming and the set and yeah, how it all it wasn't works. what I expected because no. people sort of ask me and think no it's it seems it's a lot smaller the room than what you think when you see it on tv but no it was ever it was ever so peculiar you know seeing faces that used to seeing on the tv every morning and it was amazing yeah it was an amazing experience and I'm so I'm so proud of myself I did it because it'd be so easy for me to chicken out really um with anything like that you know it's but sort of again be pushing yourself and have that opportunity and be so out of your comfort zone and then you know I'm just I'm just glad I didn't completely mess it up because it was live tv as well which I didn't realize till I got there I was like oh it's you know it's pre-recorded isn't it thinking oh you know they can edit it if I trip over my words or something like, oh no it's live and you know you fake my face fell I'm sure it did and I was just like oh my god what have I agreed to and I'm already here now so I can't back out now it's too late but no no it was all good it, it went really good. well didn't it it did actually. I was really surprised. I think even my parents were like, oh, "You did really well." I was like, "Please don't act so shocked." <laughs> and then it got busy again from that. And then did it calm down? No. Well, it didn't. This is the problem. So I made, and I've never ever done it. I've always kept the website open over Christmas when I've been away on holiday, and I've just sort of said, "Look, I'm away. You know, any orders they'll be." processed after x date but i've never ever closed the website and i marked everything as out of stock 
because I couldn't just I couldn't just close the shop elements. I just marked everything in the outstock, put a note on the website, and I actually sort of technically closed the website for a month, which was a really hard decision. But I was so glad I made it. Like the, the relief when I did it, I was just thinking, now I've done the right thing because we we just had such a backlog to get through, and they were still coming in at a lesser rate, but still at such a rate that I thought we're never ever going to catch up. Um, you know, because it takes time to get things in place and just we just needed that bit of breathing space. So we closed the website all of July and I was packing, I was packing 12, 15 hours during the day. And then I was coming back to like emails and trying to get other stuff done on an evening. So I was sleeping very little for a month, which probably wasn't good. Yeah, she's running this business, aren't you? And then you've got to kind of find your creative energy as well I guess must be would have been really hard to balance and yeah do you segment your time and think right this is a week I'm doing the business stuff and then do you have a week where you do creative or do you just kind of let it flow usually I'm I I really like having that flexibility and that um ability to sort of you know dip in and out of things and just feel you know obviously you know there's always going to be priorities and things sort of change and you think oh actually no this needs to be reprioritized or I need to crack on with that so every day is different but on the whole it's doing what I do and how I work it's quite flexible to allow me so you know if I'm if I'm having a day with thinking, I just, I want to be drawing today. Um, usually, you know, I can do that. And then another day I get caught back up on admin and other things. But, um, you know, it got to, I think, four weeks and I realised I'd not even picked up a pencil. And I thought, no, this wasn't the original reason why I wanted to have my own creative business. So, yeah, so we got caught up um, by end of July, beginning of August, reopened the website slowly, sort of item by item. And then was so close to getting back to normality and back on top of everything from emails to sort of having not just all the orders done but then building up a stock again to have in um Mm. had a couple of events big events as well that I'd already you know agreed to and and had committed to months and months before so we'd gone and done those and it was great to sort of be back out in public again as literally I've been scrolled away for like weeks just packing orders and just being you know sort of with you know not many people you know apart from seeing sort of my mum my dad and a couple of other people I haven't like, seen anybody for weeks it felt like and the postman I saw the postman a lot <laughs> you get to know the postman very well yeah, right? yeah. yeah I do I do <laughs> the local the royal mail service but apparently I'm like the girl with the brown boxes now because they know me like, I'm not don't know them personally at the sorting at whole sorting office but the sort of like oh that you know the sort of yeah oh it's been hilarious because you could imagine people ordering from around the world might you they won't know the setup they won't know that you were a small little yeah. creative business in a small village you know that no and that you've done think... so well to juggle such a huge volume <laughs> of orders and you know it's fantastic really it's been it's been incredible <laughs> I I must say as grateful as I am and I truly truly am because I never you know would like you know to come across any other other way but I really hope it never happens again <laughs> I don't think I'd have it in me you think how much it's generated in, um, interest into your you know, because it was interesting when you said um, that you carry paints and pens around with you and you like to just capture things when you get that, you know, feeling. And how, how do you do that? Do you just have it in a bag and just whip it out when you see something? How do you record Pretty your creativity? Much. Do you just do a little jot or something to remind yourself and then sit down and actually sketch at a later time? You know, like authors, when I talk to them, 
they might have a little jotter pad and they'll write maybe yes. a trigger word or something that yes. reminds them of something and then they'll sit down later and write. How would you do it as for you? How does that work? Really similar, actually. I mean, you know, some artists love to work out and about and on location. And I do try and from time to time push myself to sort of do that because I think it's really, really helpful. Um, again, sort of work in different environments and push yourself out of, the com- out of your comfort zone. But I am a very private person when it comes to, you know, working and creating. So I love to be comfortable in my own space and have, you know, tea and biscuits on tap and things like that and sort of be in that controlled environment I suppose but anywhere you go um you just never know what you're going to come across so similarly either sort of visual things I can sort of lock up here but then if I feel like I need to sort of make notes and take extra details I will I will just either you know write them down scribble them down on a scrap bit of paper or just put them in the notes on my phone and come back to them and it'll be enough to think oh gosh yeah I'd I'd thought of this scene with this and this and this and um and like I say then come back later but um I just I suppose it's this fear of if I was to go, especially, you know, maybe not if you're out for the day, but if I'm away for maybe more than a night or two, I have this fear of like wanting to create something. But if I don't take my materials with me, it'll be like, it's like, an, I don't know, like, like they say, like withdrawal symptoms. I'd be sat there, like, I really, really want to draw and paint, but I, I can't because I don't have my things with me to, to do that. So, so many times I take so much of my drawings. I mean, I say so much, I mean, I do work very neatly and tidily. I'm not an artist that maybe needs, you know, lots of space to create huge pieces like most of my pieces are quite small and petite and are very portable fortunately but the amount of times I'll take like a bag with all my stuff and I won't use it maybe but just the fact that I know I've got it with me so if I do I've got that option um I love that so you know if if I am somewhere and I suddenly want to do like when I was away in June you just it, it really I suppose that has um really cemented that kind of thing thing yeah you, you don't know do you so it's so important to take your materials with you wherever you go because you just don't know what might happen and you know then what could come out of that and I suppose what happened in June is the perfect example I was only away for a sort of a long weekend and you think gosh yeah if I hadn't you know if I thought oh no no I'm on holiday I'm not going to do any drawing because I'm away I'm going to have a break and I've not taken them and then yeah you think it's a bit of like a sliding doors kind of moment we think so easily might not have created that and then everything else that's come out of it would never have happened and it's a bit scary I suppose if you start thinking of the what ifs but (laughs) (laughs) and during the um the passing of the queen you also captured another beautiful sketch with Uh, the Queen and Prince yeah. Philip, a corgi and a horse, I believe, wasn't it? Yeah, and the pony. That was beautiful. So, oh, thank you. I say we were come beginning of September. I think I was going to be two or three weeks off being completely up to date because of course summer's usually the quietest time and I get ready for Christmas and do all sorts during and obviously that never happened and and um I'd managed to sort of get most of that stuff done and you know I just had a few last queries and stuff to sort of sort out get back to and just tie things up that was really close I could see the wood for the you know wood for the trees sort of thing and then I'd, I'd gone and exhibited at Burley Horse Trials with um with Jules who um have been selling my work for quite a number of years now and of course 
that week came back and there was then you know the news uh, you know news headlines that the queen wasn't very well but i mean i didn't really it sounds really bad now but i didn't really think too much of it because i think like so many people despite us knowing her age we always thought she'd she'd always be with us which is you know yeah so I remember I think it was the day before and a couple of people sort of said oh you know you know it was it was getting talked about wasn't it and then obviously it was the Thursday that she'd passed away and I remember I'd been working on I'd just started working on some commissions again the Thursday so I was really in the flow drawing and painting um my mum had messaged me so you know I think you should have the news on um and I thought oh gosh my mum's sort of you know thinking that we were on the phone watching it together just had it on in the background and at first I was like oh no she'll be she'll be fine she'll she'll again she'll always you know she's she'll always be there she'll always be with us she'll be absolutely fine um and then like so we were on the phone watching it and I don't know what 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 changed but my mum had commented thinking oh, don't you think all the news presenters seem to suddenly now be wearing black and black ties as though they've had a and when she pointed it out I couldn't not see it so I couldn't um yeah and I thought oh my god it just I don't know just some, something something whilst I was watching the coverage before they'd announced it I just I thought oh gosh no this I just I don't know just something and you know, I'd sort of stopped what I was doing and watching it, and it was maybe an hour later, maybe that they announced that she'd passed. And I suppose doing what I do, and you know, maybe partly with what happened earlier in that year, and it being really nearly three months to the day that all of that had happened as well. It you know, it wasn't far off. It was nearly exactly three months, and I just it was just it felt like such a natural response just to start a tribute piece just just instantly really it just came really really naturally so yeah I, yeah I'd, I'd created that pretty much as as the you know well started creating it pretty much as soon as the news broke and um shared that as my tribute again it took me aback the the response that too it was amazing I mean I made it very clear from the off it was never going to be it's just going to be a tribute and be out there virtually for people to you know hopefully bring some solace to, to people so I obviously didn't want to offer it as anything else because it just obviously in the circumstances wouldn't have been wouldn't have been right but I suppose yeah it's just my natural response being an artist and illustrator was to illustrate I won't say that moment, but create something in that moment as my tribute to such a fabulous monarch and lady. And I saw it shared quite a lot actually on social yeah. media, and it really touched me with with the wording that you put on it as well. I thought it was just a beautiful um, capture. I don't know how else to word it that you just literally got it in a nutshell, and it was just lovely yeah. to see. Um, yeah, thank you. Yeah, so thank you for drawing that because I think a lot oh, of people got a lot of comfort from it as well. I think it was beautiful. So let's get on a more positive note. And so <laughs> you've done all these fantastic things. You've got all these amazing experiences. Is there anything that you haven't quite done yet that you really want to do? Is there any future projects or ideas or things you want to like tap into and have a little play about with? I think there's plenty of things. I mean, I'm having this dilemma now of sort of where do I go next? Because 
I mean, this year's just been, I don't think I'll ever be able to top this year and what, what's happened. And obviously it was so unexpected, but then I know it's sort of taking stock and thinking, right, what, what am I wanting to do next? And if I'm completely honest, I'm not entirely sure. I think it's all been such a roller coaster. I'm having to sort of think, well, you know, what, what, what do I want? Maybe, you know, it's, I've had such a full on year and think, you know, I want to make sure I get that work-life balance because it's it's so important. I've certainly not had that this year and it's been amazing, but I'm just sort of conscious at the moment, sort of look after myself, if anything. Yeah, you don't want to burn out. Absolutely. And I think I've been really close quite a few times this year to exactly that happening. Um, but, I mean, a few people have sort of said, you know, about, you know, would you want to sort of write and illustrate your own story? Like I say, I think because I've come from, you know, an illustration degree back, Ground and obviously that's what a lot of people then sort of go into and because of what I was inspired by in my early years there is that kind of I think there is something there for me to um, venture and look into um, something that I've not really done before I've only ever touched um, touched it briefly and it's been because it's been set as like a university project or something along on my course but for something to go back that's been very much um decided and inspired by um something sort of directly you know that I've experienced and yeah I don't know I think there's something maybe there about you know you know having a bigger project Mm. a personal project whether that's a book or just I don't know like a bigger series of pieces I don't know because usually I create quite small series or one-off pieces and things like that I I don't know but um I just want to get back to some normality I think after this year (laughs) thanks for listening we're now available on all the major podcast platforms just search for Hull Libraries so if you enjoyed this podcast you can get all the latest episodes as soon as they're out In the meantime, if you want to check out any of the services at Hull Libraries, please go to our website hcandl.co.uk forward slash libraries, or we also have channels on all the social medias, including Twitter and Facebook. Thanks for listening and see you next time.